Hello, and welcome to the Will to Power Hour. My name is Kyle, and I'm here to do the second episode of my solo show here on the Two Tongues Network of Podcasts. Um, today, uh, I, ha- I was planning on doing an episode about the Will to Power, which is a a philosophical theory or idea proposed by a, a person who's been referenced frequently on the show. Uh, we'll just put it that way. You, you probably know, you might not. We'll leave it as a surprise for whenever I do get that episode put together. Um, today, I kind of thought I was just going to try to, you know, scroll through the news on, uh, you know, the news tab on the Reddit app and just kind of see what's popping up, see what is being recommended to me what's being recommended to the people of reddit um i'm not sure how that's gonna go we'll see i'm gonna try to do a little tim pool type of a thing except i'm not wearing a beanie and there's no video so even if i was wearing a beanie you wouldn't be able to see it um you know but i do like wearing beanies i don't i don't know really know the relevance of any of this but uh maybe next time i do this i will wear a beanie First story. So I'm just, like I said, I'm just scrolling through the Reddit thing here. And the first thing that came up is it's actually three days old. Um, which I don't know why I'm getting stuff that's, yeah, I was going to go over today's stuff. But should I skip forward? No, I'm just going to read this one. I'm not, I'm not even going to read the entire article on this one. I'm just going to read the, uh, the little, the title of the Reddit post. Uh, It says, I'm so confused. People baffled as Kevin McCarthy reads green eggs and ham in protest at pulling of Seuss books. Democrats are passing COVID relief and Republicans are reading Dr. Seuss, says one reply. Oh, so, you know, we've kind of talked in our podcast before about how the media is pushing a narrative. It It has a narrative that you are supposed to believe and it's their job to make that believable to to push that as far as it will go um and in this i just see like hey why are we talking about dr seuss i mean ed dr seuss said a lot of controversial things if you go back i mean pretty much everyone back then said controversial things so why why was dr seuss okay you know, a few days ago and now he's canceled. Now we can't print his books anymore. Um, but just like, why are we even talking about this? That first of all, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Why are we talking about Dr. Seuss books? Why is Kevin McCarthy, the, you know, the minority leader of the, the house or whatever he is, he's some kind of position like that. Um, why is he, don't you have better things to be talking about? Um, and then they pass it off as Democrats are passing COVID relief and Republicans are reading Dr. Seuss. And I mean, I'm okay with them making the Republicans look stupid because the Republicans are stupid. Uh, they don't know how to win at all. Uh, and that is one of my biggest criticisms of them running Donald Trump out of their party. Um, Donald Trump, say what you want about him, but he knew how to he knew how to stay in people's, you know, in, in people's consciousness. He knew he stuck out. Whereas a lot of these Republicans definitely, they do not stick out at all. Um, so 
you know, again, not not defending the Republicans here, but them pushing this idea that the Democrats are passing COVID relief as if that's uh, like good. They're push, you know, they're saying uh, the Republicans are playing stupid games while the Democrats pass a, you know, a huge spending bill when we're in debt. Uh, you know, the, the deficit is crazy. Um, I, I just don't understand how any of this is good. Uh, but, you know, you're going to get your $1,400 check and we're going to bail out California and that, you know, it's going to be great. So that is uh, just that little snippet of that story. It's just not good news so far. We're not off to a good start. Okay. Okay. So here, this is uh, this is a little bit better. Um from cbsnews.com, judge permanently dismisses charges against Kenneth Walker, boyfriend of Breonna Taylor. Um, this is actually, you know, there are conservative people who are going to think that this is not good because this guy did pick up his gun and fire it at the police. Um, so that's going to be controversial for some people. But, you know, this guy, I guess he was a drug dealer. Um, and that's what they were busting him for. They did this no-knock raid. They say that they did do, uh, that they knocked. They say they didn't have to. They had permission to do a no-knock raid, but uh, they knocked anyways, and he didn't answer, and he started shooting, and, you know, Breonna Taylor ended up dead. He didn't. Um, You know, just kind of a tragic situation for people who are selling a product to people who want to buy it. You know, think what you want about that product. Um, You could think it's the most evil substance in the world, but nobody's forcing you to take it. People who want to buy it are buying it from this person. Um, And for that, we, you know, kick indoors and start. Although I guess this guy started shooting or maybe he didn't start. I don't know. I forget. Uh, but I'll kind of see it here in a second. So, yeah, kind of reading through this here says that he was not even aware that it was the police performing a raid on his home. And, you know, if you're a drug dealer, who knows? Who knows what kind of stuff you you might be expecting? You You carry valuable things. You have them with you. You know, who knows what kind of stuff you're on guard for? Um and then somebody kicks in your door, so you know, fires a shot through your door. I, you know, um, uh, I do, I don't know. I think because these because these people are wearing some badge, you're not supposed to treat it just like a regular home invasion. Um, you know, I, if if the cops are kicking down the door of like a child molester or something like that, then you know then maybe you got something. They're kicking down a door trying to find a murderer. That's one thing. But if you're kicking down doors and shooting people's dogs and, and doing all this crazy stuff, killing people because people are selling drugs, I just think that you need to calm down. That is a, uh, that's a crazy scenario. Uh, you know, if the, if these people are hurting anyone, they're hurting people who uh, they're they're asking for the product. It's not like they're sticking the needle in anyone's arm. So that that just all seems silly to me. But I, I think that's good news that they dropped the charges against this guy. And I think honestly, I think that a big part of why they did that is probably social pressure. Um, you know, I, I don't think that these are 
I don't think that these are lenient people. I don't think that they feel bad for the little guy a lot of the time. I think if they could, if they thought they could get away with hitting him with the book, they probably would have done it. But people, you know, people are on edge right now uh, about that sort of thing. And, you know, that's good. Uh, I'm glad that this guy's not going to prison for defending his home. Because if it was, if it was just a regular guy, I mean, he is just a regular guy, but by, by the normies definition of a regular guy, just some dude sitting there watching TV and somebody, you know, kicks in his door and starts shooting. It's not bad if that guy fires back and defends his home. I don't think it's bad that this guy did either. That's really all it boils down to for me. All right. So here we've got, uh, again, not going to read the full article on this one. It's from Deadline. Judas and the Black Messiah inspires congressmen to reintroduce Bill to strip J. Edgar Hoover's name from FBI building. Um, I don't know what any of that means. Judas and the Black Messiah inspires congressmen. Maybe Judas and the Black Messiah is a book or something. Um, but uh, J. Edgar Hoover's name caught my eye. Um, and they can, they, for whatever reason they like, they can strip his name off of whatever they want. J. Edgar Hoover, you know, we look, you think about the invasion of privacy with the NSA and things like that. And J. Edgar Hoover is like a forebearer, you know, the forefather of that kind of thing. He was spying on everyone, blackmailing people. Um, just, he was an early... Well, I mean, I don't know if uh, relatively early in the in the in terms of America, I guess, kind of early, just a really dirty, dirty player, uh, J. Edgar Hoover. Um, And, you know, I kind of think I kind of think that there are a lot of people in the United States who would make good leaders on some level who are afraid to stand up and take that challenge on because because of things like what J. Edgar Hoover was doing, this blackmail that who, who knows what kind of information they have on you. Um, I think that there's something to that. I think that we could maybe have people who had better ideas because a lot of times these people who are really smart, uh, these brilliant people, they're kind of wild, you know, uh, they're not working on the same plane as everyone. So they, uh, you know, they, they, they just stand out a little bit for, for good reasons and for maybe crazy reasons. Um, but yeah, so whatever strip his name, strip Jag or Hoover's name off of whatever you want. That is not one of these guys who, you know, they get the, these people, the mob gets their panties in a bunch and they want to tear down statues and pull people's name off of things. But fuck Jag, Jag or Hoover. I can't even talk. I can't even say his name. Um, Fuck that guy. So pull his name off of whatever you like. That is fine with me. On to the next story. All right. So this story here is from Unilad. Um, you know, so not not the most reliable source in the world, but, you know, it's not, this is not the craziest story either. Uh, I mean, it is a crazy story. So... World's first supersonic unmanned combat drone reaches speeds of over 1,500 miles per hour. Uh, It says the drone is much bigger than the ones you'll have seen floating around your parks, blah, blah, blah. Um, Created by Kelly Aerospace, the supersonic drone is made up of carbon fiber and is completely unmanned. It can exceed the speed of sound, hitting an astonishing Mach 2.1. 
Named the Arrow, the company has already received more than 100 pre-orders of the combat aerial vehicle, despite it being priced between $9 million and $16 million. Um, so that is something that I was looking for in here, is how much this thing costs, uh, you know. That's actually not, I mean, 9 million, 16, 9 million to 16 million. That is not as bad as I thought it was going to be, honestly. It's, which is kind of indicative of the problem. You know, I hear that we're getting this sweet jet, uh, this sweet drone jet that looks like a, looks like a spaceship. Um, and I'm assuming it's going to be a billion, you know, we're going to spend a billion dollars on this thing. Because that's the kind of stuff that our military does. That's the, you know, I heard somebody say recently that, it, I don't I think it's like the F-16 or one of those jets. It requires a new set of tires every time it lands. And how much do you think a set of tires for an F-16 or an F-18 or whatever costs? Um, I'm willing to bet that they're not cheap. You know, can they refurbish those tires or is that just trash? Every time we do, we take the take the tires off, dump them into the landfill, dump them right into the ocean there on the aircraft carrier. Uh, I don't know if they do that. They probably do. But okay, so that's that's crazy. Um, not only is the dream ex- the drone extremely fast, it's built for multiple combat or reson- reconnaissance roles. Okay, all right. Um, I mean, really, I don't even need to to read any more of this. Nine million to sixteen million dollars for a tool to drop more bombs on people on the other side of the world, where you know it, it's out of sight, out of mind. But uh, that kind of stuff is the kind of stuff that they're not reporting on. You know, we wonder what is going on in this country with what, you know, the, the collection of the, how much money they're taking from us in taxes. And you're like, what are they doing with all of it? And then not even just the money they're taking in taxes, but the money they're printing, things like that, you, you know, money that we're going to have to pay back eventually. Um, you know, what are they doing with all that money? Well, this is the kind of stuff they're doing with it. They're buying sweet ass drone jets. They're putting new tires on F-18s every time. Um, there is a lot of fat that could be cut. And that is something that I think um, conservatives and Democrats, conservatives and liberals, Republicans, Democrats, I think that they should all be able to agree on that. And I don't understand, you know, what is keeping people, why does that keep going? What is, what makes it possible for that to be constantly perpetuated when nothing else gets done? You know, we've got this, and it's not like, it's a super complicated operation too. We're shipping things all around the world, um, you know, bombs, people, food for the people, supplies, you know, we're building bases all over the place. This is complicated stuff. And this stuff all manages to, to go off without a hitch. But, you know, the stuff that people imagine the government is supposed to be doing, that stuff is all garbage, it's a, you know, they can't figure any of that stuff up out. They can't take care of the vets. They can't, you know, uh, it's just astonishing the, the slack that people will give them, uh, and want to give them more power too. like, yeah, yeah, you're failing so miserably, but please here do more, please. Uh, oh, well it's, it's all very frustrating, but onto this next story here, Biden, and I'm not, not reading this one either. Just looking, you know, we, we talked about 
that narrative thing and this is you know they the narrative they're pushing is they want you to feel good about biden they want you to feel like things are back to normal biden has portraits of clinton and bush back on display in the white house after trump removed them so you know just trump's a big meanie biden is you know celebrating these two war criminals by putting you know one serial sexual abuser and both war criminals He's got their picture back up in the White House, and you should feel really, really good about that because that's just a return to normalcy, the return to American normalcy where we celebrate we celebrate war criminals. So I, I, I don't even know what to say about the pushing of Joe Biden. It's, I'm still baffled by it. I remember when he came out and said that he was going to run and he played that video talking about Charlottesville. He was talking about Charlottesville, something that was from years before. And one person died. And yes, that's a tragedy. But, you know, just the pushing of Joe Biden still is still baffling to me years later. Don't get it. All right. Hey, more good news. I might read this one. See here, it's from The Hill, which I like The Hill. Uh, you know, they're definitely they lean to the left a little bit, but I feel like you do get some fair reporting from them. So the title of this article is House Democrats Introducing Bill to Limit Transfer of Military Grade Gear to Police. And I like the sound of that just off off the sound of the title. Uh, it sounds good to me. Dozens of House lawmakers are reintroducing a bill Tuesday to limit the Pentagon program that sends military-grade equipment to local police departments. The bill, sponsored by Rep. Hank Johnson, Democrat from Georgia, goes after the items that destroy trust and endanger communities while allowing support equipment transfers to continue, a summary shared with the, a summary shared with the Hill said. So what does that mean? It says that... It's going to limit the items that destroy trust and endanger communities while allowing support equipment. And what is support equipment? Uh, that is something I'm going to have to look into here. Yeah, so I just peruse. I hit the stop button there and peruse this article a little bit. And it doesn't really say what support equipment is. Hopefully that's just like vans, you know. But uh, it does say... Johnson's bill would place much broader restrictions on the program. Specifically, the bill would prohibit the Pentagon from sending police departments controlled firearms, ammunition, bayonets, grenade launchers, grenades, including stun and flashbang grenades, explosives, certain controlled vehicles, including mine-resistant vehicles, armored or weaponized drones, combat-configured or combat-coded aircraft, silencers, and long-range acoustic devices, according to the bill text. And, uh, you know, that's all good stuff. I, this trend towards the militarization of police, I think, is very concerning. And I think uh, it's happening so obviously right before people's eyes that uh, it's, it is very concerning to me. Uh, you look at the amount of power and the amount of leeway that these cops have, um, and it, it is very concerning. Uh, you know, they, they want to make you feel like it's just black people that they're killing, but, and it, you know, they're killing black people to be sure, 
But the way that they're, even if it was just black people, let's say that it was just black people that cops were killing. Why would we want to be militarizing them then? If they had this grudge towards this one particular group, which is not true, they have a grudge towards anybody who, you know, just pick a reason. Uh, okay. Um, but even if it was true with just the one group, why would be, why would we militarize them? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, this, you know, and this is, this is the stuff that is frustrating. It's like they have these riots and they destroy people's lives and they're trying to make change and they get Aunt Jemima taken off the syrup bottle, but they're militarizing the police right in front of your face. Um, and well, I mean, apparently the Democrats are doing something, although throughout this thing, there's a lot of references to the NDAA. And if you guys follow politics, you probably know what that is. The national defense authorization act. It's something that they renew every few years. And it's got a lot of shady stuff in it, like being able to detain American citizens for domestic terrorism without trial, things like that. Uh, lots of creepy stuff in the NDAA. And it, like I said, there's NDAA language littered throughout this article. So that makes me, I don't know, kind of, kind of concerned. Um, it would also limit the reason the Pentagon can approve a transfer to counterterrorism. Right now, equipment can also be transferred for counter drug. Okay. Yeah, it says that there. It's you know probably going to face uh, an uphill battle in the Senate. So I mean, uh, you know, a lot of these bills that get brought forward by the Senate and the House, a lot of them never come to fruition. They never become law. Um. Actually, I really don't know how 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 many that get brought forth become law or not. That would be interesting. But I know a lot of them do fail. Uh, and this one probably will. Or maybe it won't. And that I mean, I don't know. Like I said, just on the face of it, that seems good. Don't militarize the police. That seems like a good idea to me. On to the next article. Uh, not going to read this article. Just going to... Read the title and comment. After 2020 fraud, uh, this is from the Palm Beach Post, just uh, for anybody curious. After 2020 fraud claims, Donald Trump requests mail ballot for 2021 Florida local elections. So just trying to make Donald Trump look like a hypocrite because he wants to vote by mail, um, even though there is a huge difference between absentee balloting and mass mail-in voting. It's like a completely different program. Uh, and people have been pointing that out for the, this entire time, but they just still use the same old propaganda techniques. And I mean, Donald Trump is a hypocrite. Sure, you know, don't get me wrong. Donald Trump's definitely a hypocrite. He said he was going to, he ran on ending the wars. He didn't end any of the wars. He, he kept them all going. Um, he didn't start any new ones, but he did just kept them all going. So he's a giant hypocrite. Um, you know, he continued what was going on in Yemen uh, I don't, if you guys don't know about that, you'll hear me talk about it again eventually, I'm sure. Terrible, terrible stuff, which apparently Biden ended. So we'll see that, you know, I, I don't like Joe Biden, but if he does something that I agree with, I can't not, I can't not say it. And if he really put an end to what was going on in Yemen with us basically starving Yemen, Yemen, Yemeni, Yemeni children to death, um, that's that's fine. I think good job, Joe Biden. So that's, you know, but anyways, Donald Trump is a hypocrite. 
but just like trying to make him look like a hypocrite for these dumb ma- the ballot thing as if there's not a giant difference between those two things but you know what are you going to do uh, another article from MSNBC the magic is racism Obama vet slams Lindsey Graham for urging GOP to harness Trump magic <laughs> so they're saying Trump magic the magic is racism uh, I'm not even going to read that that's ridiculous um, study suggests that the modern anti-vaccine movement is shaped by Christian nationalist ideology uh, no I'm not going to read that either uh, Michelle Obama to be inducted into the U.S. National Women's Hall of Fame. Okay, let's read this. It's from Reuters. Reuters, Reuters, however you pronounce that. Uh, it's taking a little bit to load here. All right. Former U.S. First Lady Michelle Obama will be inducted into the National Women's Hall of Fame, along with eight other women, including former Pepsi Company CEO Indra... Uh, I can't pronounce that name. Soccer icon Mia Hamm, NASA mathematician Karen Johnson, who died last year. Um, blah, 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 blah. Michelle Obama has emerged as one of the most influential and iconic women of the 21st century. The National Women's Hall of Fame. There's a National Women's Hall of Fame. Um, where is that building? What, what, is, what would be the best city for the National Women's Hall of Fame. It would probably be in, like, Portland, maybe. Maybe, well, I was going to say San Francisco, but San Francisco is kind of a gay dude town, I think. I think it kind of always has been. Um, but maybe Portland, we'll say. That's where... I, and if it's not, I think we should pati- we should start a GoFundMe and we should build the National Women's Hall of Fame there. Um, what is the criteria? Who is, I mean... I. I wonder who some great women are who are not in the Women's Hall of Fame for political reasons. That would be interesting. I'm going to look at I'm going to do some. Maybe we'll do a National Women's Hall of Fame episode. Doesn't that sound riveting? Um, let's see here. No, that's about it. Nothing, nothing really deep in that article. I think they're just um, kind of pumping up. Michelle Obama like they really want to build her up because I think they think she has a shot to you know really go somewhere I think that they might she might try to run for president eventually I don't see that as unrealistic at all Uh, GOP embrace of extremism began long before Trump that sounds boring Um, let's see here what is going to be next uh, Bush and Clinton portraits back in the White House again, pushing that one hard. Return to normalcy. Joe Biden's the good guy. Greta Thunberg says, "By uh, here we go." Greta Thunberg says Biden isn't doing nearly enough on climate change. Again, not even reading this article. Just want to see what's going on here, and I think that's hilarious because Joe Biden anybody on the left you're never doing enough you're never going to be touching enough causes deeply enough to please everybody uh and now he's got the time person of the year yapping at him you know sending him mean tweets like uh like a a very immature 17 or 18 year old with autism i think she has autism does she have is it asperger's i don't know but 
she's given she's given Joe Biden trouble. That's that's the bottom line. You can't you can't please all of these people. And Joe Biden is not pleasing any of these people, to be honest. And I think it's funny that a lot of these people are starting to see that Joe Biden is not going to come through for them. That's uh so that's funny that I, I enjoy I enjoy watching people. I don't know, lose hope in the system and the idea that any of these people are working for them. That's good. Trump tries to redirect GOP donations to his political action committee after RNC rejects his cease and desist order. So Trump's telling people to donate to him as opposed to the the Republican party, which, you know, fuck it. I agree. Don't, 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 don't donate to the GOP. I can't talk, but uh, you know, I don't like Trump either. But just, just let's mix things up. Let's make things, just get things crazy, make things interesting. Donate to Trump. Donate to the Trump PAC, whatever the hell that is. Political Action Committee is what I, I'm pretty sure it stands for. Um. Yep. Same thing. GOP largely silent after member speaks at white nationalist event. Okay. Let's see what this is all about. I think I know what it's about. Yep, right there. First, ne- fir- first words in the article. Nick Fuentes is far from a household name in the United States, and all things considered, that's a good thing. Uh, so that's the first sentence. So this is uh, an article, I guess, who is the, the the U.S. senator, I think, was it, who spoke at... So Nick Fuentes is a controversial young man on the internet. Uh, he says things, you know, in some of the, these episodes we've talked about how this anti, you know, the kind of anti-white attitude that's going on in the United States, it's going to breed people who are angry about that and want to fight back against that. And Nick Fuentes is, uh, you know, he, he's kind of, that's where he's coming from. Um, he's a person who is shamelessly advocating for white people. And that really pisses a lot of people off. Um, and does he say things that are controversial? Yes, he definitely does, but he does it intentionally. So it's hard to, you know, I've listened to him talk and he says a lot of things that are fine, but then he's, you know, he'll say things intentionally to get people worked up. And I'm not even saying that he doesn't necessarily believe the things that he's saying, but he just finds a way to say it as inflammatorily as possible. I don't even know if inflammatorily is a word, but you know what I mean? He's trying to get people worked up. So that's what Nick Fuentes is all about. He has said some very controversial things. uh, And he says that he was joking when he was saying them, Um, but I'm not disavowing, I mean, whatever. I've heard some of the stuff that he said and some of it, he was clearly joking. Some of it, he's asking questions about stuff that you're just not supposed to ask questions about. You're not allowed, you're not allowed to think about these things unless you think what has been laid out for you. So he, he's definitely, uh, one of these people who is persona non grata, like, like, Alex Jones. I mean, he still has, he, he's allowed to be on the, I think he's on Twitter, which is, you know, I, I shouldn't even bring attention to that. Not that this podcast is bringing huge amounts of attention to anything, but um, he is still on Twitter. So he's not like as banned as some people, but this guy, 
uh, oh, is a congressman, a representative from Arizona, Paul Gosar, uh, went to went to the America First Political Action Conference. That's Nick Fuentes's event that he does. This is the the second year they've done it. He went there and he gave like I don't know a twenty minute speech or something like that, and uh, now he's getting shit for that. Um, soon after. Why are no Republicans condemning Representative Paul Gosar for cozying up to white nationalists, she added. Uh, Gosar is palling around with white nationalists, and the response of his fellow Republicans is silence. Uh, this is, um, oh, I, I don't know if I already said it, but this is MSNBC, so they're obviously not going to be in any way charitable about any of this. So, uh, in fairness, it's worth emphasizing that one member of the GOP leadership house republican oh so liz cheney imagine that liz cheney did give him shit uh who who would have thunk it um it's about as likely that liz cheney would give him shit for that as it is that nancy pelosi would give him shit for that uh so let's see what else is in this article here so liz cheney just said I think the organization that Gosar spoke to is one that has expressed views that are clearly racist. The old standby. Racist, racist, racist. And, you know, Nick Fuentes definitely, he definitely, like I said, wants to push your buttons. He understands that by pushing people's buttons, that's going to increase views. That's going to make people want to tune in. So he definitely does that. And, uh, he also thinks things that the progressive, you know, the cathedral, the, 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 these progressive people, uh, the cathedral and the, the progressive followers of that ideology, they're going to think that the things that Nick, Nick Fuentes thinks are mean and racist. Um, but that doesn't mean that they are, uh, you know. Uh, that's that's really all I can say. Uh, a lot of the stuff that people get, that people point out as racist is, you know, just really, really stupid. Um, and some of the stuff that people point out as racist, racist, it's, you know, maybe it's an inconvenient question. Maybe it's a hard thing to call out, but, or a hard thing to explain, but just putting the kibosh on it and saying you're not allowed to talk about it, that doesn't make it better. That, you know, that makes people more curious about it. It's like, why are we not allowed to talk about this? Um, so I think, that, you know, long term, they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot uh, when they when they do this kind of stuff with people like Nick Fuentes. They cause people to want to look into the things that he's talking about. It's like, oh, what did he say? Well, let me go look into that. Oh, he said this. Well, let me look into, you know, what the situation is. And if that's if what they look into is not as plain black and white as the progressive movement wants people to think it is, then you lose, you know, you're not setting yourself up to win, uh, with that sort of thing. So that's, I, I don't know. I guess that's about all I have to say on that. Uh, next story, Andrew Yang leads the pack in new poll about New York city mayoral candidates. Not going to read that article, but that's interesting. I mean, I don't really like Andrew Yang. He's he, he says a lot of stuff that I I think is not going to work. But 
I mean, as far as politicians go, he's one of the more interesting ones. Even if I don't agree with him, he's at least thinking new things and trying to do things different ways. And him being the mayor of New York City, I think, is interesting. Bill de Blasio sucks. And Andrew Yang's a smart guy. I think, you know, even if he's not doing it the way that I think it should be done, maybe he could do good things for New York City. New York City is never, you're never going to get, I don't know, I don't know how Rudy Giuliani was, was the mayor. I don't think that's ever going to happen again, where you have a Republican, like a law and order Republican uh, come in there and, and win the election. I think it's all going to be Bill de Blasio's from now on. And I guess, I guess that's created by the, the environment that New York city was back then. It was, you know, Rudy cleaned it up, say what you want about him. He really cleaned up New York from what I understand. So, they needed that, so they voted Rudy in. But now it just doesn't seem like doesn't. I, I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, could Trump go and be the mayor of New York? Um, maybe he might be able to, but probably not. I don't think that's going to happen. So that's all I'm going to say about that story. I think that's interesting. Um, and fuck Bill De Blasio. So uh, Biden takes first step towards undoing Betsy DeVos Title IX rules. Nah, more Paul Gosar stuff. Um, so another thing I, I just saw, where is it? One of the things that I wanted to talk about was, um, Donald Trump Supreme court rejects. Here it is. Here's the article right here. It's from the Hill. Uh, again, so, you know, they lean, they lean to the left, but they're out of, out of all of these types of things, they're one of my favorites. Okay. So the title is Supreme court rejects final Trump bid to nullify 2020 election results. Uh, the Supreme court on Monday decided a bid by former president Trump to nullify his electoral loss in Wisconsin, rejecting the former's the former president's final pending appeal over the results of the 2020 election. Uh, in an, un in an unsigned order without noted dissent, the justices, it just jumped around on me. The justices declined to take up Trump's lawsuit, alleging Wisconsin election officials violated the Constitution by expanding absentee voting amid the global coronavirus pandemic. Uh, the justices moved to end blah, 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 blah. All these videos are, these ads are loading and it's just throwing my place off. It's very annoying. Okay. So, Basically, Trump filed all these these lawsuits in an attempt to, you know, you know, turn over the election. I guess is the best way to say it. Um, and this is the last one. And basically, it says here, um, where was it? I'm sorry. Like I said, it was all jumping around on me here. Uh, the Supreme Court on. Monday denied a bid by former President Trump to nullify. Uh, basically, they didn't even look at the evidence, okay? okay? And that's what, from what I understand, has been happening all the way up. They'll present this case, and the court basically refuses to hear it. And this, is, this has happened all the way up through the Supreme Court now. Um, so there has been no honest, and this is kind of what, Rand Paul was touching on with George Stephanopoulos in that interview that we covered on the podcast a couple weeks back. 
this they're not addressing the actual complaints that are being made. You know, they're saying there was no fraud. Well, how do you know? You didn't, you haven't looked into any of it. Um, so I don't know. I, I think that this is, uh, I would like to see something come to fruition. It, you know, I don't know if after this is all over, if Trump will be able to, Trump and his team will be able to like dump the evidence and let people look through it themselves. You know, I don't know if that violates some kind of some kind of law. If the uh, the type of stuff that they are uh, distributing is um, you know confidential, I don't know if it's like sensitive of nature. So I don't even that probably won't even happen. But I would like to see something like that happen, like a like the nine eleven commission report, or you know what happened with Robert Mueller uh, over Trump's non existent Russia controversy. Um, I would like to see something like that because they've made a big deal about the sanctity of our elections. And, you know, I just don't understand how they expect people to um, trust that. Uh, what's that word? How, how, I don't understand how they expect people to trust that process after this. Uh, it, it seems like it's going to be forever tainted to me. Uh, you know, like regardless of whether Trump is lying or not. I mean, he was the sitting president and there definitely seemed to be a lot of fishy stuff going on. So it, it seems to me if you're, if you want to protect the, uh, the sanctity of democracy and keep people's faith in democracy going, you have to prove to them that this is a democracy. Uh, and I think that you kind of have to show your hand for that. You got to let people know what you're working with a little bit. Some legal scholars believe that the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol dissuaded the court from taking up disputes related to the 2020 election over concerns that it could fuel false claims promoted by Trump and his allies that the election processes were illegitimate. So to keep people from getting worked up about the fact that this process was illegitimate, we're going to not investigate the process. We're not going to investigate the claims of fraud. Uh, I don't, I think that, that is counterintuitive. I don't think that that's going to work out how you want it to. It doesn't for me. Um, and the thing that I want to end on, uh, in talking about this is in that little paragraph, the first sentence, actually, it's really only one sentence. It's just a moderately long sentence. The first part of it, some legal scholars believe that the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol dissuaded the court from taking up disputes. Uh, so calling it an insurrection, and I've touched on this before, it, it's maddening the level of propaganda that they're using by calling, by continuing over and over and over again to pound this into your head that this was an insurrection. If this was an insurrection, why didn't they bring guns? If this was an honest attempt to overthrow the United States government and prevent Joe Biden from being sworn in. Why didn't they bring guns? These Trump supporters are notoriously gun, you know, gun crazy people. Why didn't they bring them? If they were going to overthrow the government, why would they not have been armed? What doesn't that make you wonder what's really going, what was going on with that January 6th thing where people just walked into the you know, the state, the state, the Capitol building, I forget what it's even called. I'm drawing a blank at this point in time, but they just walk, they, you know, 
leisurely just kind of walked. The cops even moved gates and stuff like that. Just let him right in, right into the, right in there. You know, the, you got the guy in the Viking outfit sitting up there where, what's her name? Kamala, Kamala, however you're supposed to pronounce it, right in her seat, right in old Mike Pence's old seat, just chilling with his uh, very conspicuous, like Norse mythology tattoos, uh, looking like a Viking. It, it seems like political theater to me. You know, I think that if those people would have taken it down the road and gone to the Federal Reserve Building in the in Washington, D.C., I don't think that it would have ended up quite that peacefully if they had rushed that building, you know? Uh, something tells me, or even any, you know, maybe take it to the White House, you know? If they had tried to rush that, the White House, would, would it have been as peaceful? Would they have been let in? I don't know. It all, that all seems fishy to me. Like I said, it seemed like political theater. It seemed like, you know, we've got this, uh, the old narrative. Like I said, we're going through the news here, looking at what's going on, and it's all kind of pushing you towards what they want you to think. Um, Biden's a good guy. He's putting the paintings of the other, the other good presidents before Trump. Um, you know, that, and that is something you know we had the episode the other day with Sam and that that was a lot of fun I had a lot of fun recording that episode uh one of the things that we didn't really have much time to hone in on and I did say a little bit but uh you know he said that he was he would take George Bush back over Trump and I that is I can't that one really stuck out to me because George W Bush Barack Obama I mean None of them are good, uh, but to think that Trump is any worse than them, I just don't get it, and I need to know like what that is based on. Um, so that you know, uh, we're we're definitely going to have Sam on again, so we'll talk about that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, the pretty much all of these these news outlets that I read, they're you know, the Hill is the most the fairest one out of all of them. Um. So, you know, I didn't, did I read anything conservative? Was there anything in there? No, it was all, it was, uh, I didn't even do that on purpose. It's just, it was all, it's because it's Reddit. Yeah, it, it would be the same thing if I went on Twitter. I mean, I'm not going to read it. I'm not going to like do another podcast reading Twitter articles here, but let me just scroll through my Twitter and see what the uh, the headlines are on this. It's taking forever because down here in Stu Hart's dungeon, we don't get the greatest signal, signal. We've got one bar, uh, Nigel Farage. Okay. So something criticizing Nigel Farage, who is a far, well, uh, see, look, I'm even buying into, he's a right wing politician in, um, Great Britain, in England, whatever, whatever you call it. Uh, good riddance. I don't know what that means. I'm sure the thing about Nigel Farage is something criticizing him for being a racist or something like that. But all it says is Nigel Farage. I'm not clicking through. Two officers danced at a Black Lives Matter rally, then they stormed the Capitol. Oh, okay, so nobody's good. Uh, these people who, these cops who danced with people at Black Lives Matter rallies, they then stormed the Capitol. So obviously they're racist. Uh, Derek, Chauvin, Jer, blah, blah, Derek Chauvin's trial. Uh, so they're talking about Derek Chauvin and his trial for killing a George Floyd, getting, that, getting people all primed for that. So who knows how the fuck that's going to go. 
Uh, should have known it was a scam. Doesn't say Buttercup. How a high school successfully reopened two months ago. Is it a model? So coronavirus stuff. Um, it seems less, maybe a little less political. Some stuff about Oprah and her interview with Meghan and Harry. Uh, well, this actually this stuff is kind of geared towards me now that I'm looking at it. They don't do a very good job because none of that was really interesting to me. Piers Morgan is leaving. Good morning, Britain. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to have to to explore this a little bit more. But, yeah, Reddit was just, it was just all liberal stuff. And that my account on Reddit is a little bit newer. So, maybe I'm just not, the algorithm hasn't figured me out yet. But uh, that could be what it is. But either way, uh, I, you know, I don't know how I feel about doing episodes like this. I just kind of wanted to see how it would go. Um, I do like being a little bit more prepared, but it's a lot of work. Uh, you know, I, I've got a full-time job and, you know, I don't know how Chris, you know, he's got his, he's got everything he's got going on. He still manages to get down here. Um, but you know, so I might try to find some other ways to do some content like this. Um, but I would like to get back to, doing stuff that is a little bit more prepared. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, either way, I really appreciate you guys listening. If you guys ever want to talk to me, you can find me on, um, so on Instagram, we have the two tongues pod at two tongues pod. That's where you'll find the podcast page. Uh, we have my personal page on there is at angry Viking King. It's all one word, no spaces, no dashes, nothing. Angry Viking King. It's a stupid name, I know, but it's it's an it's an internet handle, so it's kind of I feel like it's kind of supposed to be stupid, uh, and that's pretty much what I am on on everything. So find me on Instagram and find me on Twitter because that's basically all I'm active on. Um, if you ever you know want to talk about something I said on the show, push back, agree, whatever. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of people who listen to this are people who can just text me and tell me, but. In case you're not, if you're the guy in Germany who listened, then, or, and if the guy who listened in Germany wasn't just using a VPN or something like that, then feel free to shoot me a tweet and we will, you know, maybe I'll read it on the show. I don't know if that excites you or not, but that could happen. Uh, all that being said, hasta la vista, maybe next week I'll have a theme song. <laughs>